You're listening to Veg Your Best. There has never been a more important time to be vegan. At Veg Your Best, I want to help you. I want to help you limit and eliminate the consumption of animal products without feeling deprived, overwhelmed, or unsupported, even if no one you know is vegan. My name's Michelle Olander. I'm a life coach. And I know that if I could go vegan in my 50s, with all my excuses, I know you can start moving in that direction too. Veg your best, and there's nothing you can't do. Episode 176, Yearly Goal Setting, Part 1, My Backstory. Welcome back, my Veg Your Bestie. Welcome back. And if you're new here at Veg Your Best, if you found this podcast, there's a pretty big back catalog of episodes, but this could maybe be a great place for you to start. I'm starting 2024 out uh, for me, for you, my listeners, for my clients. I've started out the year trying to share a bit more of my own processes, my own goals, my own coaching strategies, wins and fails. So this episode and the next couple will be a little more about me personally um, and the goals I set, the way I've used coaching in the last few years, mindset, my life, the way I do and also don't take my own advice. So that's kind of the remit for the next few weeks. And if you've been following along, I would love to know if my wins and fails remind you of your wins and fails over the past year. And what is it you're thinking that that means for this upcoming year? And by the way, if you are listening in July of 2025 or August 2038, the concepts are all still relevant, I think, because you always have an upcoming year. There's nothing cosmically different about January or January 1st, except that a vast number of other humans on planet Earth are also turning the page on their calendars at the same time. And I think that does have a certain power to it, that shared experience, because shared real-time experiences are few and far between these days, I think. You know, we can all just stream video and binge watch six seasons of a show at one sitting. We don't have to all wait together with bated breath for the season finale or to see how a certain cliffhanger episode ends up. Um, we can all just watch our own siloed news shows these days. When I was little, almost everyone watched one of two nightly news shows at 6 p.m., I think it was. And there was only 30 minutes of news, which included TV commercials, so more like 22 minutes of news. Anyway, the point being, I do love the technology. I love the options. I love new media. I love access 24-7 to what I'm interested in. But I think it does mean that we have fewer universal shared experiences in our day-to-day -day lives. But New Year's changing the calendar, changing that date, that's still one of them. Now, 
I also know, since being a coach, that New Year's resolutions give a lot of folks the ick. I get that. I think I know why. I think I know why. It's different for everyone. But when your resolution is to have something or create something or be something that doesn't currently exist, it's daunting. It can be dispiriting. And we talked about that a few weeks ago on episode 173, Leave Something Behind in 2023, I think was the title, because it can be daunting to create something that doesn't exist because you're already fully booked. You're already using your 24 hours, mostly with things that are not optional for you, things like breathing and working and keeping loved ones alive and doing what needs to be done to stay housed and clean and fed and in compliance with most state, local, and federal requirements. So the not optional, the mandatory, fills a huge part of your day. And then there's that default, that default activity in your life, which good or bad or indifferent, it just goes. It's just dialed in automatically. It's the route you take driving. You're order at the takeout, the choices you make, the purchases or places you shop, where you spend time, where you live your life, the things that are not optional as far as you can see, and the things that are on autopilot, well, that's it. That's 24 hours a day. So to make room for something new often means leaving something behind. And if your goal is a big outcome or a result that is a big challenge, and day-to-day you're still in a place where what you wanted or resolved to create doesn't even exist yet, it's like a constant reminder of what you don't have. Very negative. A constant reminder of what you didn't accomplish yet. Very negative for most people. Now, I personally like goals. I always have a lot of them. But I can see that in the areas where they have worked well for me, it's because I've been focusing on what I can do And focusing on the daily part of it, not just the ultimate outcome. If my goal was to uh, publish a best-selling book, well, a lot of that is, of course, out of my control. And day to day, even if I were writing consistently, I would still not have it. Now, we'll come back to my... (laughs) come back to my writing goals uh, probably next week. But today I'm going to share with you some of my thoughts about my recent back history of goals and resolutions. And I'm going to give you a sense of how I use um, an evaluation process in my own life. Now, when I became a coach in 2019, I had the following list of things that I was working on with my own first coach to have a focus, to have some organizing principles for my life in the year ahead. I was 60 years old. I had just come through a few months of being with my mom as she suddenly, um, as she had suddenly become ill and gone from vibrant, independent, active mom into agonizing pain and then hospice between May and late August. Very intense And uh, it didn't seem a short period of time then, but it ended up being a short time. And as many of you have learned up close and personal, if you're any age at all, everything is important. Everything is urgent until you're sick, until you're injured, or until someone you love is sick or injured. And then you kind of start to notice what's important. 
So that was an experience that I had gone through in my early months of being a coach. And I think this list, it kind of illustrates where a lot of my thoughts were at the time. I was already vegan. Um, I didn't have any health issues or concerns to speak of, but I had watched my kids lose their beloved grandmother. And I had started to think that it was really my responsibility to my adult children, to my husband, to myself, that I bring a lot of the intentionality and focus that I had practiced in learning to make vegan choices to bring that same kind of intentionality and focus into my current life and into my future self. And I happen to still have that list from November 2019 when I was working with my coach. And right at the top of the list, water before coffee. (laughs) Who knows why that it's right there at the top. Maybe I thought it was manageable, but there it is right at the top of the list, water before coffee. Underneath daily movement. Next, extra nutritious whole foods, especially raw greens. Um, The next one says sleep. And there's a little scribble next to it. I'm a good sleeper, but I hate being the wet blanket that says I'm going up to bed when everyone else is talking, laughing, and being together. I want to learn to prioritize my choice to go to bed. Hmm. Embracing discomfort. I wanted to take on more emotionally uncomfortable actions as well as physical discomfort, such as incorporating cold showers, cold exposure, uh, cold water. You know, I spend a lot of time near the ocean and I almost never go into the water because I'm kind of phobic about being cold. So I wanted to get a sense that I was not always in a comfort cocoon of 68 to 74 degrees Fahrenheit. Next on the list says unplug. I wanted to disconnect from digital devices each day to concentrate on my people and my creative work. Next, outdoor sunlight, especially morning sun to help organize my day first thing instead of being caught up with indoor chores, phone, and screens. Next on the list, coaching. I wanted to make sure I was self-coaching most days and working with a coach regularly because I had found it the most effective way of staying conscious of my choices. Then on the list was learning, making a daily investment in reading and learning, especially languages, history, and art. Creative time, second to last on the list, creative time, committing to making time to write, journal, and create content for my coaching clients. And experiences. I wanted to you know, when I look at this line, I, I know I wanted to inoculate myself against regret somehow. I, I had watched my mom die and that had brought home this expression of we all have, we all have two lives. The second one begins when you realize you only have one. So of course, I had made the resolutions and goals before, but this was the first time that I had systematically, intentionally written them out in a way that Well, in a way that I still have them today, four plus years later. Water before coffee, daily movement, extra nutritious food, sleep, embrace discomfort, unplug, morning sunlight, coaching, learning, creative time, and experiences. So let's look at those (laughs) based on four years ago, what worked well, what did not work well, and what I would do differently. So today we're going to talk about what worked well 
in some of these lists and what did not work so well in the list, this particular list, my backstory of New Year goals. And in the next week or two, we're going to talk about what I would do differently and what I have chosen to do differently for my list for this year. So water before coffee. In fact, uh, when I look at that, before I pulled out this list, I didn't have any idea that that's when I began this habit in earnest. So it just seemed somehow to be either a pretty easy change or uh, a change whose time had come. The process is I drink as much water as I can in the morning. I just keep pouring it down <laughs> before I even think about coffee. And over this period of time, over the four years, I know I've also tried to push off my morning coffee so that I typically am not drinking it in the first 45 minutes or an hour that I'm awake. So I don't know if that was just an easy win. I guess it was an easy win. Daily movement also, also worked well. And that's because I think because I was pretty vague. And yes, I do move every day. <laughs> in later years, I've made it more specific, more challenging. We'll talk about that next week. But daily movement was just right for this first iteration of a written goal as a new coach. Because, um, and one thing it did include right from the beginning was one push-up. Do one push-up, which at the time I really could not do. Uh, so anyway, that was, that was a win. Extra nutritious food, that also worked well because I made it, uh, I made it similarly easy to win at. Because I did eat pretty well, I thought. I was vegan. I was mostly eating whole foods. But was I really incorporating as many so-called uh, superfoods as I could? Was I eating for convenience and entertainment? Or was I eating intentionally? Anyway, I started by just eating a leaf of spinach or arugula or kale raw here and there with no expectation of particularly enjoying it, as if I was taking a vitamin, no dressing. I was just making this deliberate choice, and you can't believe how quickly I actually started to really enjoy, really love this particular habit. So I'm, I tell everybody who works with me, try it, even one leaf. Try just eating one intentional leaf of unadorned, fresh greens, raw greens every day, multiple times a day when you can. And now, honestly, I eat them by the handful, no dressing. My kids think it's crazy. But I actually think of it as just being really good to myself and really being appreciative of the kind of nutrition that I have access to in this world. And if you ever see my Instagrams of lunch, I almost always start the plate with a heaping heaping amount of raw greens, then the rest of the food gets added. So that was a win. That was a win that worked well that first year and has even gotten more dialed in and refined as time goes by. Sleep was also a win, and that was kind of a huge shock because nobody seemed at all put out or disappointed if around 9 or 10, when the family and friends were all laughing and talking and hanging out, no one seemed dismayed or to interpret it negatively if I said, love you, I'm heading up to bed. <laughs> it, uh, it was a kind of no, it was just like, oh, okay, love you, mom. It seemed like it was going to be a huge deal. And it was decidedly not. 
It was not a big deal at all, except in my head. Next on the list was coaching. Coaching, both self-coaching and working with my own coach was also basically an easy win that first year because honestly, nothing I've ever done has made such a positive impact on my life as performance coaching. It's making that same kind of deliberate daily commitment to cleaning out my thoughts and my brain that I make to cleaning my teeth. And the item called experiences, that also went well, partially because I always like to do things. I like to see things and go places. And coming out of that time with my mom in hospice, that actually felt a little bit more important, a little more urgent. My husband and I, I I know that that end of that last year, the end of 2019, beginning of 2020, we went to a number of exhibitions. Uh, You know, we went to a number of things that I might have been much more lackadaisical about otherwise, but we also went to Ellis Island, which had been on my list to visit for literally decades. And it's a fabulous place. And if you haven't been to Ellis Island, please, please put it on your list when you're in the New York area. So that was one I remember, one of the first experiences that I checked off my list after making this this goal. Now, more of a mixed bag. Less of a win was embrace discomfort. In 2020, as I was going public as a coach and writing and telling people what I was doing and thinking about how I wanted to position myself as a coach and being public I mean, all of that was very uncomfortable for me. Uh, thinking about being a vegan coach, very uncomfortable. I was like, well, who cares about that? And then I launched my podcast in 2020. And that was also very much a result of me embracing discomfort, emotional discomfort. So that that I I was proud of myself for. But physical discomfort, not so much. I had thought that I wanted to toughen myself by going in the ocean or uh, maybe cold showers. Nope, that did not work well. And it is still not an area that I have conquered. I think it's because I made that goal of physical discomfort a little too all or nothing. And I didn't know exactly why it was important to me. And it seemed like a good idea or a should. But maybe it's actually someone else's goal. I'm still not entirely sure. When we talk about my current goals next week, we'll see what I've done with that idea. That's not the world's best teaser, is it? Well, another area that did not work well in 2020 after I had implemented this list was unplug. That did not work well. And as a new coach, I think maybe I was on social media more than ever looking at how other people were doing things. Not a win. Not a win. And I think... I think because I had this story in my head that it was important for my business and learning about marketing and meeting people who might want coaching and might want to move in a vegan direction, I um, I, I think it just all fueled this sense that I needed to know more about what was going on on social media. So um, that was not a win. And my goal of learning also kind of a mixed bag. It was a win in some ways because I'm always learning, reading, studying to some extent. And that continued pretty much as usual. But when I set the intention, that goal, 
I think I had this this hope to be feeling that I was learning in an organized way and feeling some sort of mastery, some sort of depth to my learning. So that was an interesting distinction. I was doing it. I was learning things, lots of things, but I felt very all over the place, very disorganized. And I did not feel that level of depth and mastery that I think I wanted. So next week, we'll talk more about the ways I have tried to address that in particular this year. Because yes, sometimes you try and give yourself an easy win, and that's great, like one push-up. But other times it can feel very unsatisfactory, like, yeah, that's not what I was going for. Morning sunlight was also, that first year, a bust, mostly a bust. But at least it became something that was on, that had like moved up into the front of my thought process. It was something I started to think about. And I started to realize how often I was getting stuck in the house and getting lost with chores and urgent but important tasks and computers. And then suddenly it was lunchtime. But the good part of mostly failing at that goal of getting outside in the morning, um, the good part was it started to, in the back of my mind, be an area where I was looking for a way to uh, figure that out. So I'll tell you how that goal has continued to be on my list this current year and upcoming. Now, the last mostly fail item on the list in late 2019 was creative. I kept that item also pretty vague, also thinking that it would be an easier win for me, but it mostly felt like a fail. I've had this idea of a book in the works for years now. And we're going to revisit that. But to be fair to myself, I did create a lot of content all through 2020. And then I got very serious when I launched the podcast in September 2020. And most of that is, uh, you know, the part of that is concepts that I want to put in a book. What really happened, I think, if I'm evaluating that creative goal for that year, was that I made a goal, which I did keep up with, but which I evaluated it on the basis only of the book. And so I smushed a bunch of thoughts into one goal. And I think that's something we all do to some extent. We kind of have rules about our rules, <laughs> subtext. So next year, I'm gonna, next week, I'll tell you what I'm doing about that for 2024 or 2024, if you prefer. So kids, what do you think? Did any of my goals, fails, or wins remind you of things that are on your list or things that have been on your list? Are there results you wanted to create or still want to create? Is there a life you want to experience in the next few months? Even even if the idea of New Year's and resolutions give you the ick, which is exactly the actual word one of my clients said recently, even though she actually does have a very specific result she wants to create in her life. But even if resolutions give you the ick, it's interesting to examine why. It's, it's interesting to examine the thoughts of how we think we create our days and weeks and what it would take to change any of it for the year ahead. So I'll be giving you my current plan next week. I think I think I should actually do a quarterly plan for a quarterly check-in here on the pod with you all so you can see 
where it works and where it does not in my life. I think I should be more transparent about some of these things. Not that I've been hiding it from you, but sometimes I I wonder if it's interesting to you. So you guys can let me know if you would like to know more about it or less about it. But I think it would be a good system for me to implement. And I'm going to let you know my concerns and fears for the upcoming year. And I have them. I do. In the meantime, thank you, all of you, every single one of you for listening and sharing and subscribing to Veg Your Best podcast. Did you know that those are the kindest, easiest, most effective ways that you can support vegan businesses, creators, advocates, and thought leaders that are out there? Really, all of us who are trying to help people move in a vegan direction or restart their vegan work or to take their vegan advocacies or businesses or ideas to the next level. We all thank you so much. If you've rated and reviewed this podcast, thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you in advance if you, you'll you take a minute or two in the next day to share the podcast on your social media or write a review. Honestly, it is everything. Okay. So think about your history with goals and resolutions this week. Think about it. Think about the year ahead. Think about what you are dreading and what you are anticipating and looking forward to. And we'll talk about that next week, how I am structuring many of those things next week. Okay, until then, veg your best. Veg Your Best podcast production, music, and editing by Charlie Weinshank. Thanks, Charlie. Before you go, it would mean so much to me and the Veg Your Best team if you would hit subscribe, leave us a five-star review, or share with someone you think might be interested. Something about algorithms, it helps bump us up a little in the rankings, and that's the best way to help others find the podcast and for us to find our audience. So, until next week, make it easy and veg your best.